this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true and living God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Get to know more of God's word and wisdom for your life as you listen to Pastor Elliot Nee Lante Lante. Now, here's today's message. We realize most successful people do the business of the family, which means that from the very beginning, as they were young, they were learning from their father, they were learning from the family um, what this business was all about. And most of them enter into that business. And that's how they really do well. Amen. And so it is important. Jesus, as he was living, as he has come and he has trained us, and as we have become like him in every way, he wants us to do the business of the Father, which is the will of the Father, which is the business of the family. The whole of heaven has one business. We saw the other time that um, the whole of heaven rejoices when one person gives his or her life to Christ. Amen. So here we, we, we get to see Jesus is saying you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And what will be the use of the Holy Spirit coming on us? The verse 6. The verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set in his, authority, in his own authority. Amen. What were they asking? Because they were under the Roman rule. The Romans were dealing with them very severely. Uh, they didn't have their freedom. And so they were asking Jesus whether was Jesus going to release them? Was Jesus going to fight for justice? Was it at this time? Are they going to you know, feel the justice that they needed to know. Today in our world today, we are hearing so much about injustice, you know, against um, uh, whites and blacks and blacks and all that. We are hearing even in our own countries, I mean, amongst blacks, we can hear injustice going on. Others being mistreated systematically. Others, you know, things are framed in a way that things are not uh, shared equally. So they were asking him, please, are you going to now bring justice? Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to take it from the cruel hands of these Romans and bring it under the rulership of, of Israel, you know, and so that we can enjoy peace and all that? And Jesus, um, Jesus just threw the question off and he said, it is not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you <laughs> will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, amen, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, it means you will be my testifiers, you'll be my, 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 you'll be mine, you'll be mine, amen, you will be my testifiers, you're not going to testify about yourself, you're not going to testify about somebody else, you are going to be testifying to give evidence, you are going to give evidence uh, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, you are going to give evidence of me. Hallelujah. And so this is the task that Jesus left us. This is the family business. This is a business that God is involved in. He's involved in choosing people. He's involved in selecting. He's involved in salvation. And that is what all his family members must be in, involved in. Amen. But of course, you cannot give evidence to something that you have not seen. You cannot give evidence to something you have not experienced. You, have not, you can't give evidence to something you have not heard. 
if you stand in the law court and you say something you have not heard, it is falsehood. Amen. So this is the will of God. We need to be able to have that relationship with God, with Jesus, and that allows us to have, um, to be able to give evidence to every single person, to everybody. Amen. So this is, this is what Jesus is saying. This is the will of God. All must do the will of God. Those who do the will of my Father. Those who are transformed, first of all, by his love, by his grace, and then they give evidence. They are transformed by his love and his grace, and they give evidence. Hallelujah. I can see you giving evidence to your Christian life. I can see you giving evidence. The last time we spoke about being a fruitful, uh, giving, being fruitful and giving out important fruits. Amen. Go with me to Acts chapter 20. Again, I'm just reiterating. I'm just going back. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Acts 20, verse 24. Very quickly. Please, I beg you, don't forget what we are teaching. I'm begging you. Don't forget, brother said, I beg you in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, by the message of God. Uh, please, all of us, I beg you, these are very essential things for us, and we should not forget them. They should be at your fingertips at every time. Um, Acts chapter 20, Acts 20, verse 24, it says, however, somebody would like to read for us in the New, um, New Living Translation or whatever you have. Acts 20, can you close the windows, please? Acts 20, um, yeah, you can raise up your hand and we would unmute you. Yes, Harriet has raised their hands. Some, some also don't have their camera, so we'll not be able to know. Or you can use your Zoom to raise up your hand. Yes, let's go. Verse 24. Acts 20, verse 24. Yes, uh-huh. But, but none of these things move me, nor do mm. I count my life dear to myself, mm. so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry uh-huh. which I received from the Lord Jesus. Okay. So he says his aim, my only aim, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. Uh, please read it to your own again. It says his one. My Bible says his only aim. What does your own say? His own aim. It says. Uh, start again. Start again. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. So that I, I don't count my life dear to myself. Uh, my life is worth nothing. In fact, that's what my Bible says. My life is worth nothing to me. Hey, Paul says his life is worth not, nothing to him. Uh-huh. That I may finish my race with joy. Uh-huh. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. And complete the ministry I received from the Lord. Bible says that we have all received a ministry from him. There's something we've got to be doing. Amen. And that is the ministry of being, of reconciling others to God. Reconciliation. Reconciling others to God. I have the next one. Continue. To testify to the gospel of the grace to of God. Testify. Uh-huh. To testify to the what? The, go- the gospel of the grace of God. To the gospel of the grace of God. To testify to the gospel of of the grace of God. Hallelujah. This is what all of us are meant to do. 
Because we have received the grace of God, we are meant to do what? To testify, to give evidence. Ask yourself, please, is my life giving evidence? Is my life giving evidence to the grace of God? Am I showing evidence? Am I showing fruit, real fruit, that God has had mercy on my life? Hallelujah. We've said this over and over, and we said that God will ask us to do this in different places. You will be asked to do it in different places and with different people. That is all what your life is about. And your life is worth nothing except for doing this very thing that God has asked us to do. Being transformed by his grace, looking like him in every way, and then giving evidence to the way he has helped us and to what he has done in our very lives. Please, I beg you, that is what the will of God is about. It's not about you becoming an engineer. It's not about you becoming a doctor. It's not about you becoming a pharmacist. All of those things are true, and yes, it is true. Yes, it is true. But those are just the places and the fields God sends us into. Some of us will be sent into the medical world. Some of us will be sent into the engineering world. Some of us will be sent into the church. As I am in the church now, me, I was in the medical, whatever, from the physical world, and God just, you know, just eh, get, get, get into the church. And that's where I am now. You know, but with all of us, anywhere you are, you are doing the same thing. You are testifying. You are being transformed to look like him, and you give evidence. You are, trans, you are testifying, giving evidence to the people around you, to your workplace, to your home, to your family, to your wife, to your children, that God has had mercy on you. God has had mercy on you. Hallelujah. And again, I think some of you were here in the Bible school in Job chapter 33. We did this, Job 33. Please look, go, go with me, Job 33, Job 33. Oh, thank you, Father. Uh, Job 33, some of you were here when we saw this. Um, verse 23, Job 33, verse 23. Yes, somebody read for us. Job 33, verse 23. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you so much. Job 33, verse 23. Yes, uh-huh. Will somebody read for us? Yes, Kunda. Yes, go ahead. Uh huh. Job 33, verse 23. Uh huh. Yet if there is an angel at their side, mm -hmm. a messenger, one out of a thousand, sent okay, to please, tell them Kunda, how to. Kunda, please go back to the verse 21. Okay. Verse 21. Their flesh twists away to nothing, and mm -hmm. their bones. Once hidden, now stick out. Mm. They draw near to the pit, mm -hmm. and their life to the messengers of death. Mm. Yet, if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, mm. one out of a thousand, sent to tell them how to be upright, mm. and he is gracious to that person, and says to God, "Spare them for God, spare them." From going down the down to the pit, mm -hmm. I have found a reason for them. A Let ransom. Their I have yes. found. I found the ransom for them. I found the ransom for them. So spare them from going down to the pit. Amen. It means that everybody's life is going down to where? To the pit. Everybody's life is going down to the pit. Every single person's life. 
amen, is geared towards that. Others waste away, others is by sickness, is by disease, whatever, whatever, and all that. Uh, but the verse 23 says, Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, one out of a thousand, sent to tell them how to be upright, sent to tell them their right standing. In fact, in the King James, it says, sent to show them their right standing with God. Uh, their uprightness with God. And he is gracious to that person and says to, to God, please God, spare them from going down. Spare them from dying. Spare them from being destroyed in hell. Spare them because I have found a ransom. And this messenger, although he says, I think this guy uh, who was prophesying could see that one day there will be a messenger that would, that would stop all people going down into the pit. And this messenger is Jesus himself. Jesus came as a messenger to announce the good news. But at the same time, he told God, God, you know what? Spare them. Forgive them. Don't kill them. Don't destroy them. Because I have become a ransom. A ransom, it means that it's, it's like a price that is paid for the release of a prisoner, for the release of somebody who is in bondage. He says, I have found a ransom for them. Which means Jesus himself gave his blood and his body to ransom us, to buy us out of the pit of hell. Amen. And to bring us to God. The verse 25. Continue with the verse 25 now. Uh-huh. Verse 25. Huh? Verse 25. Let their flesh be renewed like a child. Let their flesh be renewed like a child. It means healing. Not only will they be ransomed, not only will they be taken out of the pit of hell, but they will receive what? Healing. Their flesh will be renewed in the name of Jesus. This is part of the package of God. This is a part of the package that Jesus brought to us. That is why when you look at the cross, each time in uh, in First Peter chapter, chapter 2, verse 24, it talks about we being forgiven of our sins and we being healed at the same time. It is part of the package. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let, let them be restored as in the days of their youth. Let them be restored in the days of their youth. Amen. So you can see that abundance and, and doing well is part of the package that Jesus came with. <clears throat> the unfortunate thing is for you to talk about just the package, for you to talk about just the, the abundance and just doing well, and not talk about what Jesus did for us and to bring us out of the pit of hell and to ransom us. Amen. So all of this is part. Healing is part of it. Deliverance from the bondage of hell and, and being restored. Being restored. Uh-huh. The verse 26. Uh-huh. Then that person can pray to God and find then his favor. That with him. person can pray to God. Then you see, unless you find a messenger, unless you find the person who will say, God be gracious to them. Oh, have mercy on them. Unless you have found Jesus, you cannot pray to God and find favor. Hallelujah. Unless unless you find this messenger, you will not find favor with God. 
Then they will pray to God. Then they will pray to God and find favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. Hallelujah. This is the package. This is the package. In fact, I love this. I love this passage so much. This is the package that Jesus brought us. Not only are we being renewed, not only are we being restored, but he grants us access. He grants us access. You know, in the olden days, really, when you look at the story of Esther, you couldn't walk straight into the king's palace and begin to talk to the king, even if you are the queen of the whole nation. You could not. You needed to be invited. You needed to have an appointment in order to go. And you can't just walk there. If the king does not raise a scepter to cover you, you can be killed there. Amen. And it says in here, we have access because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. We have access to enter boldly to the throne of grace and to find help and to find mercy in times of trouble. So it says we can come and pray. What allows you to come and pray is because of what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Amen. All of this is in the package of salvation. We are renewed. We are restored. We become like him. We become like Jesus. We become like him. Amen. Uh-huh. Continue. Verse 27. Kunda. Yes. Verse 27. Yes. Verse 27. Uh-huh. And they will go to the others and say, and I they will go seen. to the others. Uh-huh. They'll go to the others. Please. They'll go to the others. I think I feel like standing now. It's okay. <laughs> they will go to where? Where are the others? Where are they found? Huh? Please talk to me, somebody. Kunda, where would they go? Where are they the others? Go to the, others. the others are in the world. They are in the world. Where else? Where do you find them in the world? Where do you find them? Are you guys listening to what we are talking about? This is crucial. Yes, they'll go to the others. Put, put it, push it back a bit. They will go to the others. Uh huh. And they will do what? They will go to the others and say. And say. They will go to the others and say. They will go to the others and say. Uh huh. What would they I say? I have seen. I have seen. I have perverted what is right. I have perverted what is right. Please, some of these others are in Zambia, they are in uh, uh, Zimbabwe, they are in the US, they are in uh, 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 Accra, they are in they are in Liberia, they are in um, uh, uh, Kitwe. They are in Rwanda, they are in uh, Tanzania, they are in China, uh, they are in Australia. Some of them are, they are not only in the U.S. They are down in Togo, they are down there in uh, Sao Tome. Some of them are, are, are in, uh, in, in some of your villages. That is where they are. He says, you go to others, you go to the people, you will go, you will go, and they will go to others. They will go. You have to take your two legs. It is a two-leg going. Uh, they will take their two legs and they will go to others and they will tell them how God has had what? Mercy on them. How God has been merciful. Some of them are in South Sudan. Some of them are in Sudan. Some of them are, are in Kenya. They will go to others. 
and they will tell them. Today we have technology, so you can still go even when you are sitting, like the way I've come to you in your homes. <laughs> it is amazing. Amen. So they will go to others and they will tell them how God has had mercy on them. How God has had mercy on them. You will go. You will have to go. We will all have to go. Amen. And this is the work. If you have received, if you have received, if you have really received, then you have to be on your feet and going. This is the way God has given us. Stop talking to me about medicine. Stop talking, stop talking to me about uh, business, uh, account, accountant, international uh, uh, monetary fund. You know, you are the head of the business uh, world. Um, I mean, that's, that is not, it's not what we are talking about. This is the business that God is into. This was written many, many years. Many, many years before Jesus came. Can you imagine this? The book of Job was one of the first books that were written many many years it's one of the i think it's the oldest ancient book we can think of it's very very old god wrote this many many years ago before we see this and and this has been the business ever since and it's still the same business so how come that we have other other businesses how come that we are doing something else i think job should be very surprised because we are always reading his book but apparently we just don't see it Job will be wondering, I think we'll be talking to the angels in heaven, be just telling them, you know, these guys, I have no idea what they are even doing. Like, what, 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 which book are they reading? Are they even reading my book at, at, at all? Amen. They will go to others. They will go to others and they will tell them, I have sinned. I have sinned. I sinned. I have perverted what is right. I did not do what was. That is all. That is what you are supposed to say. Please, is there anybody who has sinned here? Is anybody who has sinned before? Uh, oh, this is where all the all the holy people begin to show up. Where are all the holy people? Uh, <laughs> he says, I have sinned. We will go to them and talk to them about how we have sinned, how we did not do what was right. Amen. You are not going to, we all want to get money. We all want to do well in life and begin to talk to people about how we have done well, you know, how we pass. Even when you fail in school and the person comes, the next generation, uh, the, the first year students come. You can't even tell them that, you know, I failed last year. In fact, this course you are going to do, uh, I wrote a page on it. How many have been able to tell them that this course I wrote a page on it? You begin to tell them, you know, you, uh, let me show you how to pass this thing. Eh? It is very easy. I got 14 over, but 14 you got you wrote it three times before you got it so why won't you tell them that you wrote that course three times before you got to the 14 ah and you make the young ones feel somehow the young one has gone he got a, a 9.5 the young one is crying and can't even tell the young one that you know this thing actually i told you i got 14 but i wrote it three times to get 14 Ah, uh, is somebody hearing me now? Eh? Is somebody hearing me now? Because we all want to look so good. We want to like look so good. You know, you want to just be in the good books of people and just show that as if you, you have no problem. Please, you repeated a year. And we know that you repeated a year. You repeated a year. Yeah, we know that you repeated a year. I mean, one day somebody came and was telling me, you know, eh, this, apparently this course is very difficult. I met the senior there, and the senior was like, Charlie, this is how you have to do it. This, I, will, I looked at and the senior, you know, the senior has now passed to the third year, and the senior has been doing well since the third year, like passing, passing. So everybody thinks the senior is just like awesome. Like this senior is just amazing. I mean, wow, this is a very powerful senior. But we who have been here for so long, almost 20 years, we know that this senior failed uh, the first year and the senior was crying before they moved on. 
I mean, stop talking to me about oh, your this thing. Let's find something else and talk about. All this show, where's all this show of, 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 of this thing? Today you are not fornicating, but we know that you were jumping on people's bed. We know that you were jumping on people's bed. Yes, we know that. You know, and instead of you to talk about how you were jumping around, you begin to, talk, you know, you have to be very spiritual these days. So, because all these boys, you know, I know how they behave. Oh, I'm telling you, how do you even know how they behave if you, do, you are not even passed by such places? You were jumping on people's beds. I'm telling you. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult for you at all to pass by. Sweetie, I'm passing by. I'm coming by. What are you going to do? Zazo. Jumping on the bed. Jump. Ah! Oh, God, have mercy on us. And you see, when we start to become authentic and become real and become open, this, this is how we even stop. Because everybody knows, you can you tell everybody, this is what I used to do this thing, or this is what I used to do. <laughs> and you sing that song, the things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Since Jesus came into my life, I used to do these things. I do them no more. You are going to the club. Sister, I have been there. Hey, club, you don't know. <laughs> you know, I've thrown all those, uh, sh- those short things away. They are not in the closet again. In the name of Jesus. In fact, if some of you are still having them, I pray in the name of Jesus. If you are still having them in your closet, may you make way for the new clothes that cover you today. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, he says, he says, he says, we have to stop being, this is one of the things that is not helping us to be witnesses. This is, this is, this is one of the issues. We can't be, because we are, we are, we are too much of ourselves. And we want to show that we are okay. We want to show that we are good. You know, we are we've living, we've, ever, we've never even had a boyfriend before. You know, when I'm, I'm a, as a pastor, when I talk about how my girlfriend left me, they, oh, then it's like every all eyes. Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor. Hey, pastor. You too. Hey, pastor. I mean, I mean, you, as if you have never, as if you, I mean, what kind of person are you? You fell straight from heaven. You came straight from heaven. You didn't, you didn't, but you have not passed through anything. What have you gone through? What have you suffered? That is all Jesus is asking us. That is the business we are doing. Is to give testimony of what we were. Not only of our bad characters, of what we used to do before, but even of our pain. The difficult things we've been through. And most times our character is lead to our pain and how we are grieving, how Jesus comforted us and brought us out. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we look too spiritual, you know, we have to be very spiritual. That one we have to be. But the the ministry of testifying, the ministry of testifying to the grace of God, to what God has done in our lives, that is what the whole thing is about. This is the this is the message. 
we have to go and preach. Did he ask you to go and say, uh, go and give 10 Bible verses about salvation or, or 20 verses? No, it is not 35 verses of how to be saved or 21 reasons why Jesus came. No, he's going, he's asking you to go and say about you, the verses that you know about yourself, those are the verses you have to go and tell them. It's the verses that you already know. Your own Bible verses, your own life Bible verses that you have had. That's what he's asking us to do. Then they will go to others and say, I have sinned. I've perverted what is right. But I did not get what I deserve. God was gracious to me. He was merciful. I did not get what I deserve. I was supposed to be punished. I was supposed to be beaten. But Jesus had mercy on me. Hallelujah. I failed in school, but Jesus helped me out. I went into prison, but Jesus helped me out. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is what, these are the things we are supposed to be talking about. These are the things we are supposed to be sharing with people. How God has had mercy on us. And this is a business all of us are supposed to be involved in. Amen. And they'll go to others. The verse 28 now finishes for us and says, God has delivered me from going down to the pit and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. This, this is the last thing you have to add to it. It says, you know what? My name is written in the book of life. I am going. He has delivered me out of that pit of hell. He has placed me in heaven and I'm going to be there with him all because I found a messenger. I found somebody who paid the ransom for me. And this is the whole aim of the will of God. And, that, and if you're able to do this, that is all for you. Hallelujah. That is all you are supposed to do in the marketplace. Some of us will be sent in the workplaces, in our homes, anywhere we are. That is the work we are testifying, giving evidence of what God has done in our lives, of the grace he has been and what he has done. And that you have to take action. You have to go. You have to give. You have to know. Be kind. You have to smile. We're talking about some of these things last week. And I believe it is so, so true. It's so true for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we've been taking, we've taken one hour to just revise. We have not even started what I wanted to talk about today. Amen. So please, um, please, I hope you are really thinking about these things. Don't, our uh, well, today when we are talking about, you know, what we are supposed to do, um, we are so caught up with just the things of this world. Um, yeah. So that is the will of God. I think I just took a detour and digressed a bit. But, but I, wanted, I want you to know, I want you to know that it is important for you yourself to be able to discern the will of God and be able to, um, I don't know, be able to follow God, you know, on, on, on some of these issues. I want to go with him to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. <clears throat> I'll talk about this very quickly and go to the subject I still want to talk about. The Lord will help us. <laughs> Acts chapter 20. Peace, are you with us? Uh, peace, what are you thinking about? Hey, peace. Okay. Let's go. So, Acts chapter 20. Wow. <clears throat> so, you see, um, you see our brother Paul. Paul says in Acts 20, please go with me. 
Paul says that he feels compelled. Amen. You, you, I'm saying this because you cannot allow the will of God to be determined by any other person for you. You have to be able to tell of God's will for your life. It's true today we have prophets, we have ministers, we have pastors and all that. They can be part of determining God's will for your life. But it is really important, my brothers and sisters, that we ourselves... We are engaged with the Holy Spirit to be able to know the specific places. Now we know. We know what um, the will of God is. We know what he wants us to do. But the next bigger question we have is the specific places where he wants us to go and have this will of God done. Amen. Uh, So he says in here, um, Paul was going back, verse 22, Acts 20, verse 22. He was talking to the to the church to the um, to the church of Ephesus, the the leaders of the church of Ephesus in Miletus, and the, he was telling them about his life and was encouraging them, telling them to be testifying and all that. But in verse 22, he says something. Um, he says, "And now, please follow. Please, I beg you, follow. I beg you, I beg you, please follow." Huh? The verse 22, he says. Uh, and now compelled by the Spirit. Listen now. He says, I am compelled by the Spirit. You know, Paul's mission is just one. Preaching, testifying to the gospel. But the difference now with all of us is that God will call us to different places, different marriages, um, one marriage, but different, you know, uh, different homes. He will call us into different workplaces. He will call us into different nations. And we are going to go and testify. The problem is, where is the Lord leading you? Where is the Lord leading you? Amen. Where is the Lord leading you? Uh, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Uh, if you are wondering what I am doing, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the obstacles, the things that obstruct us, the things that does not help us in order to be able to go and have the, a feeling of the will of God and follow God's will. One of it is what Paul is dealing with. I think I'm dealing on the second point now. But, but here he says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. So now he, he's going to the place. Uh, we know that the, wherever he goes, it is one thing. Testifying, establishing people in a relationship with Christ. But now he says, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I don't know what will happen to me there, but I am compelled by the Spirit of God to go to Jerusalem. And then he felt also compelled by the Spirit of God to go from Jerusalem to Rome, to, to, um, yeah, to Rome. And um, all of this was a very dangerous travel and I think I'm going to come to the third point that will be our third point we'll be looking at um, but here he says he's compelled by the spirit he's compelled by the spirit he's compelled to go to Jerusalem now one of the obstacles we have in following God's will apart from the first one we spoke about the fact that we don't like to talk about um, our past and all that you know what has happened to us um, here He's compelled by the Spirit of God inside of his spirit to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to him. But you see, today, one of the problems we have is that many of us do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In order to know what the Holy Spirit is really telling us, 
we have sold our 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 our, our <laughs> finding God's way. We've sold our Christianity with pastors, with prophets, with bishops, and all that. It's true. We are there. We pastors are there to help you in order to engage with the Holy Spirit. We are not. We are not going to. I mean, you are the bride of Christ. You are His bride. I am also His bride. In fact, can you can you imagine somebody trying to take your place? You are somebody's wife or somebody's husband, and then anytime you talk to the person, you have to come through me and talk to the person. Which kind of relationship is that one? How many of you women will accept that? That before your husband will talk to you, he has to always pass through his friend and talk to you. No? This is one of the issues we're having. Paul is saying, I am compelled, listen all, I am compelled to go to Jerusalem. I am compelled to go to Jerusalem every time. I'm compelled to go to Jerusalem. And from there, I'll have to go, continue to go to where? To Rome. Now go to the chapter 22. See what happens in chapter 22. So Paul is on his way. He has, he's leaving Miletus. He has finished with the elders of, of Ephesus and is going to Jerusalem. Now see what happens here. Now, the verse, chapter 21, the verse, the verse 2. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia and went on board and set sail. Somebody continue for me, the verse 3. The verse 3. Yes. Chisanga, okay. Yes, Hilda. Yes, Chisanga, get ready. You'll be breathing. Let's go. Hilda, let's go. Yeah. The verse 3. Oh, where's the mic? She's, she's muted. Yes. Uh, uh -huh, After yes. sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, mm -hmm. we sailed on to, to Syria. When we landed at Tyre, we, where our ship was to unload its cargo, finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. Mm -hmm. Through the Spirit, they asked Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Aha, uh -huh. wait, oh. What did Paul say <laughs> in the chapter 20? What did Paul say? He said he's compelled by the Spirit to go where? Yeah, to to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Now mm -hmm. here, we hear what? Through the Spirit, they mm -hmm. urge Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Aha, uh -huh, the verse 5, continue. Uh -huh. But when... When our time was up, we left and continued on our way. Mm -hmm. All the disciples and their wives and children accompanied us out of the city. And there on the, on the bench, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went abroad, we went abroad the, aboard the ship. They, they returned home seven. And we continued our voyage it, from Tyra. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And then they return home. Hallelujah. So they mm -hmm. told them, through the Spirit, they said, we are, also, we are talking through the Spirit. Through the Spirit, the Spirit of God is saying, don't go to where? Jerusalem. But, 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 uh, um, what's his name? Paul. Paul, 
Paul says that through the Spirit, I am compelled to go to Jerusalem. But you are also telling me, through the Spirit, I shouldn't go to Jerusalem. Aha. Uh -huh. Confusion. Confusion. <laughs> are you following? Yeah. Now, they continued their journey. They went from town and landed at uh, Tuniman, and where we greeted the brothers, the verse 7, and sisters, stayed with them for a day. The verse 8. Look with me to the verse 8. Follow, follow, please, follow. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Uh -huh. So this guy, I pray that all your daughters and your sons will prophesy. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. The verse 10, he says, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. They'll bind him and hand him over to the Gentiles. Okay. Now, he's also speaking by what? By the Holy Spirit. He's speaking by the Spirit. Are you guys following very well? Are you following very well? Yeah. He's speaking by the Spirit. Now, now he continues in the verse 12. When we heard this, we and the people that pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Uh-huh. They said he shouldn't go to Jerusalem. Oh. <laughs> the place where God is leading him is to go and testify, he says he shouldn't go. He says he is he's what? He is compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. First thing, he goes to these guys. They said, no, 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 don't go to Jerusalem. By the Spirit, they urge him not to go to Jerusalem. Second, Agapus also comes. Agapus also says, please, the owner of this belt is going to be tied and will be handed over to the leaders, uh, to the Jewish leaders, uh, uh, to the Gentiles. So he's going to be handed over to them. And then now they plead with him not to go. Why are you weeping? Remember, Agapus is a serious prophet. Agapus wasn't a common prophet. He was a serious prophetic guy. Amen. Serious prophet. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? So now the people he met first, the people he met first in town, They've said, don't go. He comes down here, and they are also saying, Agapus has said, don't go. The second person has said, don't go. The third person now, the people now, all of them are weeping, and they are crying. They are saying, don't go. Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. He didn't even know where he was going to die. He thought he was going to die in Jerusalem. He was going to continue to roam, to go and die there. Uh, uh, in the name of the Lord. The verse 14. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord will be done. Hallelujah. So, three people are saying one thing, and then he is also feeling one thing. Which one is true? You see where the confusion in the church can come to. That's why the will of the Lord is so crucial. We can be so confused, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is important. You see, if Paul wasn't working with the Spirit of God, 
to know that God wanted him to go to this place. And God was urging him, although the same spirit was speaking through them, God wanted him to go there. And maybe, maybe the interpretation of what they were saying, because with every prophecy, there's the description, there's interpretation, there's application. There are three forms to every prophecy. Three forms to every prophecy. Every prophecy has to be described. What did you see? Secondly, it has to be interpreted. What does it mean? What does it mean? Amen. And then thirdly, how should it be applied? How should it be applied? Specifically to your situation, to your life, to where you are going and all that. So one of the things in here, I believe the first guy, the first guy who spoke was more of a description of what was going to happen to him. But what does it mean? Probably they got the interpretation wrong. Probably they got the application wrong. And that is why it is crucial for us to continue to stay with the Holy Spirit to know what does it mean? What, what, how should we interpret what the Lord is saying? Amen? And how should we apply it? Apply it. Paul was working with the Lord so intimately and he knew that he was supposed to be going. He knew he was supposed to go. And so he left. Today, one of the issues is that we don't have a work with the Holy Spirit. It's a major obstacle to working in the will of the Lord. We need to have a work with That's why I'm telling you, you can't sell. You can't sell your Christianity. You can't sell your Christian life to a pastor. You can't sell it to a, to a coach. You can't sell it to a mentor. It's true. All of this, you can't sell it to a prophet. In fact, we love to follow prophets. We love. In fact, Agabus, Agabus was, was, um, was a first generational prophet. Those that received the Holy Spirit fresh, <laughs> it wasn't this, it wasn't our time. You know. They received the thing, it was powerful, fresh. And most of us will just follow. As soon as we say, oh, this is the lady you have to marry. Ah, hey, God. Yeah, this is the lady. This is the school you have to go. And most of us, we, like, we just like it. Oh, pro- oh, prophet, oh, pastor, please tell me, where, which school should I go to? I have A, B, C, D. Which one? <laughs> uh, I need a prophet to show me uh, my wife. <laughs> where is the prophet? Prophet. Eh? So as soon as there's any prophet, oh, we are going, oh, prophet, oh, prophet, please show us our wife. Prophet, when is my husband coming? Please, is he coming from the left, from the north, from the south, or from the east? How should I be watching for him? a major obstacle major obstacle because even if the prophet told you what to do and you did what the prophet wanted what about the next place what about the next step who will tell you who will tell you the most times we have to just be running after them Uh, you must have just have a prophet in your house just have one just keep one in your house so that you always be telling you where to go and what to do it's one of the things we have to correct in order to be able to walk with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We have to correct. We have to develop our own intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit speaking to us, talking to us, leading us, guiding us, and giving us direction. And we can go to these others. You can go to the pastor. You can, you know, talk to anybody and all that and begin to ask the person what has to be done. What has to be done? Amen. And I've been in the church. I've seen a lot of these issues going up and down. And um, I just feel like it is a major obstacle to us. Okay. Let's go to the third obstacle. The third obstacle we'll be dealing with tonight. 
Romans 12. Romans 12, and probably the third obstacle of walking. The third obstacle, Father, help us. The Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I urge you, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. Hallelujah. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Please, the third obstacle to walking in the will of God is the act of being dead to yourself. A dead man. Being dead to yourself. And I think we've been raising this point. We've been coming back to it. Being dead to your flesh. Being dead to the pleasures of your body. In fact, we said the last time that a dead person, even if he likes the best food, he cannot rise up to the best food. Amen. If he's dead. Now, if the dead person loved women, he was a very powerful womanizer. He loved to have women around him. When he dies and he's put in his coffin and his friends decide that, you know what, we are going to celebrate our brother by bringing the best woman around him. I don't know. I think they'll all run away if this dead body rises up from the grave and begins to chase the woman. I don't think it is so. God's prerequisite to finding the will of God. You see, this is what separates God and separates the kingdom of God the true kingdom of God from what happens in the world, from what, what happens to traditional beliefs and all that. You can go to a fetish today and you can bring a sacrifice. You bring a goat, you bring a lamb, you bring something, and then the fetish man will tell you what your life will be or what it has to be or where it, ha where, where it, it has to go. But in Christianity, you are the sacrifice. You. He says, offer your body willingly, pleasingly, as a, as a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Offer it. Offer up your body as a living sacrifice, a holy and pleasing. And when you have offered your body as a holy sacrifice, how on earth would you become so sensitive to the world and to the things around you? You are insensitive to them. So it says, you cannot be ruled by the world, by the mind of the world, by the pattern of the world. 
Because that old self of you is dead. Amen. The verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then, it means that if that does not come, you will not be able to test and approve what God's will is. The will of God has everything to do with us being dead to ourselves. Hallelujah. That is why Paul, in the very text we read in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, he says, Now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, whether I will die, whatever. He has come to the... <laughs> uh, he has finished with it. Whatever will happen, will happen. Hallelujah. In fact, it, it takes time to come to understand that when you become a Christian, you signed your the certificate, the death certificate of your old self, of that life, of your ambitions, of what you want. You sign it. You sign it on the cross. The day you give your life to Christ, maybe the pastor didn't tell you, but I'm telling you that you signed it long ago. That very day you give your life to Christ, that was the day you signed it. I am no longer for myself. I am a living sacrifice. I am a sacrifice. Have you seen a sacrifice being put on the, on the, on the altar? Eh? And, the, and, the, and the goat can stand up again and say, hey, if you touch me, you see. That goat is dead. Amen. And it says, it is only when we begin to give ourselves as living sacrifices, that is when we begin to experience experience the will and the plan of God for our lives. We need to have these things. Um, we need to have them, you know, established in ourselves. Go with me to Romans, Romans chapter 7. It's, it's a, chap, a chapter that didn't allow me to sleep this week. Romans chapter 7. Wow. Again, Romans 6 verse 6 tells us the same thing. You want to know the will of God? Huh? I say you want to know the will of God about who to marry? Are you dead to yourself? Are you dead to yourself? Or you are looking at how everybody defines the kind of money you have? Eh? What your friends are saying? You say your friends will say, oh, this guy, I mean, you've been to school and you are well-educated. You went to Morocco, you know, did something very powerful and you have come and uh, this, is this, is this your class? Is this your type of guy? Oh, how can you marry such a person? He doesn't have a house. He's not settled, you know. Most of us have become so proud. And so proud because we are, we, are, we are following the mind of the world. God cannot even get you anybody. He has just left you. Go and get. Go and choose. Because you are not dead to yourself. You are not dead to your ambitions. Eh? I, I want a very um, nice looking guy. 
with a certain accent. You know, all these guys who speak and they've got they've got some accent, you know. <laughs> I don't know if um, if my friends hear this guy, I'm just, it's gonna be appalling. <laughs> I don't know what they will say. You cannot experience the will of God. Amen. You can't experience the will of God until you are dead to yourself. See, God, see, I don't, I don't have anything. It's okay. I don't have any ambition. I don't have anything. It's just okay. Maybe you've been planning to marry a woman who looks very, very fair. You know, some of us have fair complexion issues. I mean, you need somebody like Mate. Where's Mate? I mean, somebody, you know, with a certain fairy, if the person is a bit toner, uh-huh, you look, you just, you just, you want something fair, you know? And so that, so what if God brings you a dark, beautiful, dark, dark woman? A darker woman? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be struggling with that because you, no. Even if that is what is best for you, no. What if you are looking for a very tall guy? Oh, and with some muscles. Are you getting it? And here comes this guy with the Spirit of God anointed in him, with a whole one pack in front of him. And you know in your spirit, when you talk to this guy, you have peace. But mm, the height, yeah, God. <laughs> and the one pack is not helping. Ah! We are we are ruled by the mind of the world. You know, even now, most of us are in school, so so you don't see these things. When you go home and you are and you are, you see. People are not just looking for like bodily look and all that. They're looking for money. How much does he have? Does he have a car? Can he take you around? I mean, how do you have a girlfriend and you don't have a car? Where are we going to walk together to find a, a, a public transport? I mean, I'm going to work with you to find a public transport. Since when did since when did we start this life? I took public transport in my, with my father. Then you, you are coming to also take me to continue public transporting. Wait, I mean, who told you that is how the world is? Wow. There was a lady here. They were um, going out having a very prosperous future. You can see that these two guys have a prosperous future. There's something. And they were just, you know, and then when they continued and they continued, it was okay. And then they went home. Wow, you know how you go home and then, you know, but here we can't really see the difference between us because when you go home, you can see that mm, the difference is wide. <laughs> some are from this home, some are from that home. You know, you all used to work together, but the levels are not the same. Just right from the airport, the car that comes to pick her and the car that comes to pick you, you just know this was your girlfriend in Morocco, but you know, um, uh, when the father looks at you, he says, hey, my brother, young man, how are you? <laughs> and and um, it, was, it was such a good time. So then he began to like go to the, he was from a very difficult, you know, background. And you know, he has 
prospect, but you know, life was a bit somehow. Started looking for job, working. The lady had connections and things were just riding. Oh, then at a point, hey, I heard the thing is not working again. Wow. What is the issue? Charlie, the difference is too much. You know, the girl, she's just going many, many things. And the mother is like, how can you be with this? Let me, let me not find you with this, uh, this thing around again. <laughs> and that's how it ended so carnally. So carnally. Because we are not dead to ourselves. And today the guy is doing very well. Flying around everywhere. Wow. You will now be smiling. <laughs> but it is God. It is God. Somebody else has it. Somebody else has it. Somebody else. Clap for God. God is, God is just amazing. He, just, he knows how to lift poor people up. Amen. Yeah. So don't be, don't be too haughty. Uh, High-mindedness. Mind of the world. You, your eyes are always up. It has to be high and mighty. You deal with what is high and mighty. You don't deal with low things, you know. I, I, don't, I don't deal with low things, you know. Yeah, your eyes is high. High and mighty. <laughs> I pity you. <laughs> Father, have mercy. Please, you cannot work with God. You cannot work with God. You cannot work with God. In fact, you'd be amazed. God starts thinking. He says, do not despise small beginnings. Don't despise little things. Because God, most times, starts little. Most times. Most times, he starts little. Because he's not, he, he hates pride. And he likes to get proud people out of his way. Who are proud. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray in the name of Jesus that this will not get us. This proud looking, proud things. You can't be simple. Have to be changing your clothes every time. Change your clothes every time. Change your clothes every time. Changing, change. And you're always broke. Hey! Always broke. Always borrowing. Zazo. May the Lord help us. I won't enter there today. Father, help us. Let me go on. But, but, but this is the point. Romans 6. Father. Romans 6 verse 6. It says, for you, for we know that our old self, Romans 6, 6, for we know, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. For we know that our old self, our old life, the selfish nature was crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Hallelujah. Amen. We know that our old self was crucified. When you became a Christian and you recognized the dying of Jesus on the cross for you, it was so that your old self was also dead with him on the cross. You reckon it, you count it as dead on the cross. 
so that you live a new life. Now, Paul puts it in a very extraordinary way in the chapter 7. And I'm, I'm even wondering whether I can get it to you. The chapter 7. Go through to the verse 1. He puts it in a very wonderful way. Wow, wow, wow. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, chapter 7, the verse 1. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. Amen. For example, by law, a married person is bound to a husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. Amen. We all know this, that as so far as you are married, you are bound by law. But if one dies, they are separated. Huh? And this is what he's saying, that before at first we were bound to the world by law. The law, it was like a marriage. We're bound to the things of the world. We're bound to it by law. But since Christ came and died for us, we have been released from the bondage of that law. Because for us all, we are dead. There's no living together with it anymore. Hallelujah. He's, she's released from the law that binds her to him. The verse 3. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man, while her husband is still alive, she's called adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. He's talking about us. We were bound by law. We're bound because we were with that old, old life, old lifestyle. The lifestyle of the world. But since death has come, we have been released from that. And now we are now bound with a new husband, a new man. And this new man is who? Is Jesus. It's like a woman who was first married to one and she needed to wait for her time to be passed or something and then be married to another person. We were married at first as slaves to our old self. And we obeyed it. But that old self died. One of the major things Jesus did on the cross is to, is to just kill that old self. And he died. So we are now free to be married to Jesus. Which actually implies that if you are not living in the way that is expected of you, there's a question. There's a question whether you are really separated. Whether you really belong also to Christ. I don't know whether you guys understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? A woman, a woman, she has one husband, she's bound to her by law. But when the husband dies, she is released from that husband and released from that law. When do I be talking about the law itself? But now, she, because the husband is there, she's not free to be married to another husband and another law. And that is Jesus himself. So a woman will be called an adulteress if she is married to one and decides to be with another person. You cannot be with one and be with another person at the same time. 
So if really you belong to Christ, it means that you have been separated by death of the, of the husband. You have been separated by, by virtue of the law from the old self. And now you are bound to your new husband, to your new self. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope it is making sense to you. But if, the verse, but if her husband dies, she's released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following? This is very crucial. This is so crucial. It's so interesting. The verse 4, it says, So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law. You died to the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit. We might bear fruit. You cannot bear fruit. <laughs> you cannot bear fruit for Jesus. This is what this thing is saying. If you belong to the other old husband, you cannot bear fruit for the new husband. And the new husband is asking you to bear fruit for him. Remember, we are all the bride of Christ. Amen. The new husband, Jesus, is looking for fruit from you. You will have to be intimate with him. You have to go into the room with him, you know, and have intimacy with him so that you will be able to bear fruit. But you cannot be married to the world. You cannot be married to the things of the world. You cannot be married to your old life and still be with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this is why it is going to be surprising in heaven. This is why Jesus will tell many, I do not know you. It's going to be surprising. We have to come to this point. We have to understand it and acknowledge it. We are the woman who was married to that old husband. But thanks be to God, we are done with that husband because that husband died. And now we have a new husband who is Jesus. And he's asking us to bear fruit. Asking us to bear fruit. The verse 5. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us. So that we bore fruit for death. We bore fruit for that one, for that old husband. But the verse 6 now says, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Hallelujah. We bore fruit for the old one. Now we are bearing fruit for God. We are bearing fruit for him because we belong to a new husband. We belong to a new husband. The fruits you are producing now are different. You cannot bear fruit. You cannot. If you are still with the old one, the old life. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You cannot bear fruit. That old life, you must reckon it as dead. You must count it as dead. You must count that old husband. Say, that old husband, I don't belong to you. 
I belong to a new husband. I live for him. His name is on me. He has, he has bought me with his pride, with his pride, and with his blood. And I live for him. I don't live for myself. In the name of Jesus. For you to experience the will of God, you must get out of all these old husband things and begin to experience the things of the new husband. You know, I was telling you last week that God was asking women who are married to their husbands to submit to their husbands. Submit to your husband. I know it's a very difficult thing, but I need to, I need to let you hear it very well to yield to their husbands. And the word submit in First Peter chapter 3 verse 1, the word there is about it's about fitting into the plan. The word submitting is to fit into the plan of the person. The Greek word. It means to fit into the person's plan. So when we say you are, you are, you are submitted, it means I fit into your plan. That's what submission is. It doesn't mean I don't have my own plan, or, but I put aside my plan to fit into your plan. That is why it's very crucial when we're talking about relationships and all that. It's crucial that the man has a plan. Because without the plan of a man, what are we coming to fit into? Empty space. <laughs> it's, the man needs to have a plan. Zazo, I can see the man not smiling in the name of Jesus. <laughs> The man is just walking about no plan. He has no, you know, he has no purpose. He doesn't know what is, he doesn't, even these things I'm talking about, it's just, just there, just around. All he knows, I love you. I love you. I love, love for what? She's going to come to fit into your plan. That is what the word submit means. So women, think very well though. The guy has no plan. You are following you. You have a problem. You have a problem. You have to tell him, you love me. No, no, no. What is the plan? Where's your plan? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please, he's asking us to submit. He wants us to submit to our new husband. Don't follow your ambitions. You have to die to your ambitions. You have to die to your, what you want. You, you, you. No, 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 no. Can't do that. You have a new husband. And this is what we are supposed to be exemplifying. This is what, this is why we marry. This is what marriage is. God wants us to marry in order to exemplify our relationship to, to the, the relationship we have with him, to the world. That we submit to him, Jesus. We submit to our husbands. Hallelujah. And our husbands love us more than anything. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Go with me. So I'm drawing down the curtain. Proverbs 29. Wow. Walk in the will of God. Don't let yourself be an obstacle. Don't let your ambitions be an obstacle. No. You belong to a new husband. Can you imagine a wife who has her own ambitions? Today it is true. We have them. But I can see that you are not part of them. Amen. A woman, a bride is supposed to fit into the plan. 
So you are coming, he's going to be a pastor. Think about it. Can you fit into that plan? He's going to be an evangelist. Zazo, the day. Don't wait till he becomes. You can see that he's always in church. Maybe he's not even sure, but he's always in church, holding the keys of the church. Always in church, holding the keys of the church. What do you think he's going to become? <laughs> Zazo, one day my wife realized it when we were dating, when we were in the relationship. She realized, she wanted to share herself, what is this man going to become? He's always in the church, holding the keys of the church. Always going there. If you want to find him, he's there. That's where he is. So what do you think he's going to become? <laughs> you have to decide. Can you fit into that plan? Don't wait till you marry her and say, I'm not sure I want to be a pastor's wife. I didn't plan for this one. That wasn't my plan. No, don't wait. <laughs> Decide. He says you have to fit into that plan. That is what submission is. And we also being married to Jesus, we have to fit into his plan, not our ambitions, not what we want. That's why marriage is very crucial today. Very, very crucial. Very crucial. Marry well. Yeah, very well. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Wow, the Lord is helping us. Father, thank you. Help us. Help us, oh, help us, Jesus. Hey, help us. We need your help. Help us, Lord. Help us by your grace and your mercy. Are you there? The verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. And nation, I don't know what your Bible says, but you can read for me in the, um, the NLT. Somebody with the NLT can read for me. Oh, God, I fit into your plan. How many are going to say, God, I fit into your plan? From today, I fit into your plan. Yes, yes, not my plan. No, 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 no. I am a good wife. How many are good wives here? How many are good wives, wise virgins, good wise wives? Are you getting it? Wise, a wise wife. Yeah, a very correct one. When you go to heaven, this is what God will judge you about, about whether you were fitting to the plan or not. Yeah, this is it. Hmm. Wow, it's hard to be a woman, eh? I'm telling you. Now we're all feeling it. Yeah, even as the men, we are feeling it. Because we are wives now. Huh? That girl you are going to sleep with, does it fit with his plan? Is it his plan? Huh? That, that's uh, that, that's uh, this thing you are, uh, is it his plan? Are you fitting into his plan? Or just wake up in the morning, just whatever you want to do, just go about. Yes. Thank you for waking me up um, this morning. Thank you for your goodness and your love. Amen. I bless you. Then you're off. No? No? Hallelujah. You guys should be very happy we are talking about this. Eh? Yeah, because I didn't get it. I wish somebody had spoken to me, myself and my wife. <laughs> Yeah. Just thinking about it now. I don't know. 
I wish somebody had told me what it all means to be a Christian. Proverbs 29, verse 18. A nation without God is... Oh, somebody wants to read first. Yes, NLT. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, Shidrach. Yes. Oh, why when did you... Do not, when people uh-huh. do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. When people do not accept divine guidance, they do what? They run wild. Huh? The fourth reason, the fourth obstacle is our selfish ambitions. Ambition. This is the fourth one. The ambition. You run, when they don't accept divine guidance, when they don't accept divine, they run wild, wild. So you can see a Christian who has started well, he's following God, he's going gradually, but with time, he's just off. He has become wild. Because he doesn't accept divine guidance. Uh huh. Yes. Yes, finish it. Oh, we, find, we can't find him. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Hallelujah. When a person does not accept divine guidance, he runs wild. My own says a nation without God's guidance is a nation without order. So you see, the mark of selfish ambition, the mark that you are doing your own thing, not what God is asking you to do. This is the mark. Watch it. This is the mark. The mark is that you don't follow order. You don't follow law. A selfish ambition person breaks the law. But when you are working with God, you work within the limits of God's law. And whatever law is there. A selfish ambition drives a selfish, ambitious person drives him himself further. Because he wants it, he doesn't know the limits. He breaks all the law. A nation without God's guidance. Now, other, other versions say it's a nation without vision. A nation without divine guidance. A nation without revelation. It's in disorder. So what you see there is that there's disorder. There's disorder. There's disorder because we are in selfish, we are ambitious, we are following our own plans, we are not following the plans of God. Hallelujah. Please, we must decide to follow the plans of God. Jeremiah 10 verse 21. God says, I will make you a great nation. He did not say you will make yourself a great nation. He says, I will make you. I will bless you. I will prosper you. A selfish, ambitious person says, me, I will do it. I will do it. I will make my name great. I will bless myself. God hasn't asked you to start a ministry. You start it. God hasn't asked you to start a business. You start it. God you are not submitting to his plan. God asks you to marry, you marry. God has not asked you to go to school, you go to school. Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Self ambition. And today, it's just working, it's just taking a lot of young lives 
is just really taking us. We are not submitted to God. Verse 21. Jeremiah 10, 21. I answered, our leaders are stupid. That's all. Our leaders are foolish. Today, tomorrow you'll be the leader of a company. You'll be the leader of, of, of a church. You'll be the leader of um, whatever. Of your home. Of your own life, at least. He says, leaders are foolish. Our leaders are foolish. Hey, God. They are stupid. They are idiots. They do not ask the Lord for guidance. You don't ask God. So, Bible says, when you don't ask God for guidance, when you don't ask God, you are foolish. You know, you are stupid. Like, and he says, this is why what? This is why they failed. My Bible says, this is why they failed. And our people have been scattered because the leaders don't ask God for guidance. Please, when you wake up in the morning, I'm telling you, if you don't want to be described as a fool, as foolish, ask God for guidance. Say, God, just do that alone. It extricates you from the path of those who are foolish. They say, God, please guide my life. Guide me, lead me. Oh, God, I need you to guide me so that you not be counted as those who are foolish. Who are foolish. And you scatter the family, you scatter the home, you scatter the church. You create disorder because you are following your own selfish ambition. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. When it comes to the will of God, may the Lord help us. Amen. Let me finish with First Peter. First Peter chapter 3. I was looking for this verse last week. Chapter 4, rather. First Peter chapter 4. I like it in the good news. Wow. How many are coming out of ambition? How many are coming out of ambition? Eh? Let me see your hand if you are coming out of ambition. Ambition, ambition. Oh, ambition. Hey, Chisanga, you're not raising up your hand. Chisanga is not coming out of ambition. <laughs> yeah. And all those who have put, up, put off your camera. The verse 2. First Peter 4, verse 2. Somebody read for us. We are going to finish it. Yes, Esna, do you like to read for us? First um, Peter 4, verse 2. Yes, Lord. Uh-huh. From now on, then, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. Uh-huh. From now on, from now on, you must live your earthly life controlled 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 controlling controlled by god's desire for you by god's will and not by human desire not by your human desire father we ask for your grace and your mercy help us in the name of jesus wow somebody begin to pray just ask the lord for help ask the lord to help you ask the lord to help you father that all these obstacles, all these obstacles are selfish ambition. Yes, dying to ourselves, 
being a sacrifice, then shall we test, then shall we know in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, begin to ask the Lord for help. Continue asking for help. Asking for help. Asking for help. Asking for help. Tell him you want to develop your own intimate relationship with him. You don't want to just count on uh, prophets, pastors, uh, evangelists, and whatnot. Just you want, you need to be able to hear from him directly. Begin to talk to him. Begin to talk to him. Tell him about the major obstacle, the dying to ourself. Oh, yes, Lord. Talk to him, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. Lord, help us to walk in your will. Help us, Lord. We want to be able to come to you and just know that we just walked in the will that you had for us, the places you wanted us to go. And then the purpose of your will was achieved in all these places. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord Holy Spirit. He said that we'll be witnesses of you. He said we'll give evidence of you, evidence of what you've done in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Continue to tra- transform our lives. Continue to transform us. Continue to work in our lives, Lord Holy Spirit. Draw us deeper to yourself. Pray and ask him for grace to submit to his will. To be controlled by 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 his will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come come out of all, all the worldly thoughts. All the worldly. All those thoughts of the devil. Yes. 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 The worldly. The proud look of the world. Come out of it in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, and we bless you. May your name be praised forevermore. Father, from today, we open a new chapter of being controlled by by your desire, of being controlled by your will, in the name of Jesus. May today be the day, Lord, we began to submit to you. We began to submit to your will. We, we, We overcome all those stubborn spirits, in the name of Jesus. The stubborn spirit that will not turn, that will not come, that will not seek you. They will not find out what is on your heart in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, O Lord. Touch us, O Lord. Talk to us daily in the name of Jesus. May we know that that old man that we're married to, that, that that old man is dead, and that law is not even working anymore. But here we come that we are married to you. You are a new husband. And Lord, we are beginning to bear fruit for you. We are beginning to bear fruit for you. We are beginning to bear fruit for you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, and we bless you. In the name of Jesus. We believe you have been blessed by today's message. Connect with Pastor Elliot Lamte on our Facebook page, Family of Champions International Ministries, and join our service live each and every Sunday on Facebook. Now we commit you to God and the word of his grace. 
which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Stay blessed.